0: Welcome everybody to episode ninety-one of High Tech on the Low. Ryan, how are you this morning?
1: I'm good. Great.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We're really excited to have you here, Ryan Clark, who is the director of sustainability and business development at Levote Energy Engineering. Engineering. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we're very excited to have you here to talk all about the world of you know green building green architecture and, and kind of the revolution that's happening right now in the world when it comes to the different codes and the different standards that are being introduced and how we can all get involved and how we should get involved so very excited to talk to you as always we are sponsored by Front Team with 12 different communities and six verticals 3000 people all looking to connect and as always if you hear what you if you're listening here and you hear something good and you want to keep following please throw us a like subscribe follow whatever it is we would always appreciate it and so now we're going to get you know really into the kind of crux of the the issue right now and I I want to dive right in. You know, because in my mind, sustainability, Ryan, is a major thing, right? It's a major, major kind of uh, problem right now in the world. And it's one that's a lot of uh It's garnered a lot of attention, I think, by both industry leaders and, you know, government officials and even just kind of regular individuals, right? Even
1: even the UN. Even the UN, right?
0: You know, who's who's the the great poobah (laughs) of the world, right? You know, and we are, you know, at really, I think, a crossroads right now in our society when it comes to how we look at our future and our future development. And so you know, I'd love to understand kind of a little bit what it means for you you know, as Ryan to be a director of sustainability in a green building firm because I think at the end of the day, that uh, is very interesting. And how are you kind of applying what you know to the green building uh, industry? So please.
1: Well, a little bit about you know, my background that gives you some perspective is that I've trained as an architect, worked as an architect for a long time before becoming a sustainability consultant uh, here in Israel. And so that informs a lot of how I, how I approach it. Okay. Um, what does it mean for me? For me, it means like I, I'm, I'm actually empowering people to make that impact that, you know, that everybody else says they want to make mm-hmm. um, by reducing our, you know, the, the, the carbon footprint of every single building um, and also improving the quality of space in a building because mm-hmm. it's not just about, sustainability from the materials aspect okay. of the project sure. right it's about how you as a person are going to be in that space right interesting you so there's it's
0: kind of like the it's like almost like a, a middle ground right you can't just say like okay we're going to put you know uh, a, a vertical garden here and we're going to put solar panels there and we're going to save this no but wait what about the person how's he going to live in the building how's he going to work in the building how's he going to do sports in the building whatever it is that you're building
1: exactly and so i think a lot of people get uh, distracted by these appendages, so like the solar panels, and everybody always asks, you know, are you going to put solar panels That that's like maybe four percent of you know whatever we need to do. Sure. So so yeah, a lot of my concern, like especially now because you know there are sustainability standards like LEED, sure. BREEAM, etc. But there's a, a new and a kind of growing really fast uh, a new sustainability system on the on a market called Well. Okay. Which is focused, if you, like if you think about it. Lead is focused on the building and sure. the energy uh, efficiency of the building. Sure. And also in in some aspects, like maybe a quarter of it is around uh, the in- indoor environment. Okay. But so like wh- part
0: of it is about like the livability, but
1: yeah, not enough. Right. Okay. And, and and well is focused like strictly on that.
0: Really? Well, so that's the, why it's well, right? You know, I'm trying to have wellness in my life, right? Exactly. <laughs> you
1: know? And so, so it looks at um, not just you know, the indoor environment in terms of air quality, etc. It looks at water, it looks at mindfulness, it looks at nourishment. So what are you eating (laughs) in the building? Um, It looks at movement. How do you, do you you have access to, do you have the ability to move around?
0: Sounds like you're more of a psychologist or something like that, or a yoga teacher, (laughs) I don't even know, (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's like, how can we do the feng shui right, but also make sure that the building is decode? And how can we make sure that the energy is right? I mean, it sounds...
1: It's That's a holistic a approach. Place. I think when you bring the two okay. together, it's like the best—the best of both worlds. Because mm. you're not just dealing with the with the uh, the economic impact of the building, uh, the carbon impact of the building, the energy impact of the building, but also the impact on the person in the building, right? the occupant of the building. And so, it's been proven through studies that it improves productivity. Okay. Um, in the occupants of the building, and the more comfortable you are in the space, the the more likely you are to just do what you need to do
0: and do it well, and do it and kind of want to be in the space. I, correct, I assume, as correct. Are, you know, so, cause... so I
1: think it addresses like a lot of the issues around employers and employees and how, uh, like, for example, I I I worked for a big architecture firm in the U.S. and and one of the big clients uh, in the beginning of the whole lead movement was a big insurance company. Okay, and they took a that's odd.
0: What do you think? That's a little odd. An insurance company getting into lead.
1: No, actually, really? it's actually it actually makes sense because why I'll tell you why. Okay, so. I asked him, in the you know they, I had a chance to meet the facility manager. I said, sure. why, do, "Why, why, did you insist on lead?" And he said, "Listen, you see all the people coming in and out of this building every day. He's like they're more expensive than the building itself." Oh, he said, "Think about it. Wow. Each person here is like at least one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. This is the, the starting salary." Okay. Okay, and so the 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 longer I can keep them in the building, and the longer I can keep them in the company. The more productive they will be because it takes them a year to get up to speed right to become right. productive quote unquote 100 percent. and so he said our goal is to make sure that these people want to be in the building and they want to stay with the company for as long as possible
0: so kind of like as as much as we can do to help their working kind of living environment even in a certain way we will do that correct well that's so interesting now i also want to kind of go into lead and well because i realize that maybe some of our listeners may not exactly know what lead certification is and what is also well could you kind of explain it you know obviously briefly not to in the architecture world but briefly what it what it means and what it really does for kind of the industry
1: sure so so like i said before leed you can think about it as like a uh, looking at the actual design and construction process of the actual building or the space okay it can be a new building it can be a renovation it could be an interior project Mm -hmm. it can be an existing building because there's one there's a certification for operations and maintenance um which is you know for existing buildings sure then there's um, uh, building design and construction that's for new that's from like the ground up ground up and then there's interior design um and so that's you know for interior projects sure and the question is around what's the difference between them? So Yeah.
0: What is the difference really between them? Because at the end of the day, you know, I've heard, for example, myself, I know I've heard of lead certification. I know how kind of valuable it is, too, and how, you know, prestigious is, is in a certain way. You know, you hear some building getting built with lead certification. It's like, whoa, so it must be very innovative and very green and the, the you know, kind of the forefront of the whole sustainability movement, but you know, is it really? I mean, because from what you're telling me, it's almost like well is maybe more holistic in that sense. It's almost like kind of looking at a lot more uh, parameters than lead might be.
1: Well, I think I think the two go hand in hand. Okay, here's why. So lead, as I said, focuses on, um, for example, the location of the building, mm-hmm. like its proximity to to public transportation. Okay. Um, how you deal, how you address parking, how do you address electric vehicles? Mm. Do you allow for your workers or the, the occupants of the building to ride their bikes to the, you know, are they, is it bike friendly? Okay. Stuff like that. Sure. Um, it looks at, is it a polluted space? Was it polluted? Did you? Right. Did you take a space you, that
0: was once, a, I don't know, a garbage dump and you build a building? Correct. Right? Right, you correct. Know? correct. Okay. You know, so
1: it's looking to address these kind of things and reward these kind of mm, uh, okay. initiatives. And it looks at, for example, you know, water consumption. How, how do you, do you? You could try to consume as little water as possible. Right. Um, then it looks at energy. Mm-hmm. How does a building, uh, in terms of energy consumption, versus you know a baseline that's like an international standard. Okay. And these standards are all developed by international um, international organizations. Okay. Professionals. Sure. And so they're not some somebody. Yeah. Just, there's
0: not just it is not just like a, someone a random, came up with random idea and was no. like okay this is green this isn't. You know? No. Exactly. Okay.
1: And so you're measured against a real you know uh international standard okay and so yeah. so the value of all this is that um you know you as a building owner you increase the value of your property first of all right uh, not just from um the actual value of the property in terms right. of you know the, the quality of building that you build because sure. you do improve the quality but marketability so what do you
0: mean by that like that it's more like i can market it as a sustainable building or is it more that i can actually say like well we actually have you know in a sense a better way of using the water and a better way of using the electricity and you're going to have space to put your bikes or whatever it might be all of the above all of the above okay
1: so so let me explain so for example in tel aviv uh most of the commercial real estate you see <laughs> that's already built yeah. or, or under construction sure it's going to be LEED certified really why wow. why why because most of the American companies, the big high tech companies that everybody wants to be a tenant, insist on 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 occupying a LEED certified building. Period.
0: That's kind of good. Yeah, I mean, that's at least uh, that makes me a little optimistic here. I'll be honest with you, especially with all all the crap going on in the world right now. You know, that makes me a little optimistic to kind of hear that there's almost like a push from the people to make the industry standardize LEED as like this. Like, I'm not moving into a building if it's not LEED standard. Correct, you and that, I mean? and that's
1: the situation here. Okay. And even in Israel. Okay. Um, and, and it's, it's being driven globally by, by basically commercial actors. Okay. Very so, cool. so it's very, yeah, it's very ground up in that way. Yeah. Um, grassroots, if you will. Grassroots, except, <laughs> except like in Germany where it's like part of the, the law.
0: Okay. So um, that's interesting too. So, you know, in, in that sense, you know, one of the things that I find kind of, you know, I guess maybe tricky in this whole kind of sustainable building, you know, uh, I guess push is You have some countries where, you know, you're just saying like Germany, where it's like mandated, right? Like the government says you're building, let's say from now on, like they they just take it as it must be lead certified or well certified, whatever it might be, or maybe some combination thereof. And in other countries, say like Israel, it sounds like it hasn't really been mandated, but it's, you know, something that's kind of pushed by the people. What's going on there? Like what what's what's really happening then in the industry globally in that sense? You know, do you see it as kind of like I don't know, it's not really taking traction or in, you know, what where, where is it?
1: Well, I think I think the first like from the year 2000 in the beginning it was mostly um the sustainability activists kind of driven. Okay. And kind it's of like se- yeah,
0: yeah, we got to get these buildings better.
1: Exactly. Okay, right. After Al Gore's uh, you know, yeah, inconvenient truth. Inconvenient truth? Uh-huh. Uh, people became more aware. Okay. Ain't and that the truth. yeah, and, and and so and so it became, you know, something you can add on to your um, your marketing pitch to appeal to that crowd. But okay. but eventually it became part of uh, in the U.S. at least part of mandates from different states. Okay. And states like California, mm, right? Okay. Right. Who, who are you know? Yeah, we every, all know California. Everybody you know? follows California exactly. and Colorado for sure. And so. Once it became mainstream, quote unquote, in those states, then it, it kind of infected the others. And so mm. now it's pretty much almost probably 70% of the states in the U.S. mandated. And if you're really? doing, a, for example, in New York, if you're doing a government project, it has to be a certain level of lead certification.
0: Really? Okay. It's but amazing. like, why isn't it like getting, I, I guess, like more adopted you know, throughout the industrial world, because it sounds like it is maybe in, there's like a trend, it's moving there. But you know, you have countries and it says you know there's a, a very big dissonance between like Israel, which is saying okay, like well we'll add it to the buildings, it's a good marketing ploy, right? You know, and then countries like Germany, who's saying you know this must be in your building
1: code. You but know? but Israel is doing that. Okay. So for example, in March of this year, no, uh, March of last year. Okay. It's 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 a law that every building has to be. Green certified, but wow, okay. but the local standard is not as uh, is not as developed at the moment. Okay, uh, as lead for example.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying kind of like the local building standard is not there. Yeah,
1: the local green building standard. Okay. Okay. It's so what do
0: you there. see as kind of being some obstacles when it comes to kind of like lead? Uh, you know, uh, take you know, putting that into your building standards and, and actually making that a reality in a building. Like, why is there kind of this you know, kind of I guess a dissonance between the industry and the and the regulation?
1: Well, I think, I mean, hmm. looking at the U.S., I think the professionals there embraced it much earlier. Okay, and they actually are trained. And so, like for example, I, I worked in an architecture office in the beginning. It became a marketing tool to say how many. Architects in your office were lead certified. Okay. Were lead uh, accredited.
0: Okay. So it was like a plus almost. Yeah, it was a plus. Yeah, sure.
1: It was a brag. It was bragging. It was right. bragging bragging rights.
0: 100. Okay. Right.
1: And so that way, it just became part of practice. Uh-huh. Here in Israel, it's not. We're not there yet. And so uh-huh. a lot of professionals, like even contractors in the U.S., they're already. Most of them a lot, you know, they have a lot of experience, really. And it's part of practice. And so here we're early in the in that process. and so I think we will get there once people, you know, once the professionals start to take the initiative and and try to learn on their own or, Maybe the government will mandate it.
0: Sure. And it kind of seems like probably it's kind of similar like that to other places in the world that are also kind of going through this kind of lagging structure of like trying to adopt and put it into practice. Yeah,
1: it's it's growing. It's Like, for example, in India, they, they've, you know, the government also adopted um, some mandates. Mm-hmm. And it's also commercially driven. Okay. So it's kind of in between. And, right. the, and, and the professionals there are really trying to keep ahead or trying to be um, – perform at an international level and so so there are already there are tons of professionals in India
0: interesting so yeah. like in the sense of you know high tech right because you mentioned that you have all these people in a sense who are going who are you know kind of coming into these buildings saying I want to live in a high te- in, a, in a lead building I'm in high tech I believe in sustainability and I believe in all this this uh, kind of you know good good stuff um, one of my real questions for you is where is the tech in all of the lead buildings right because you know <laughs> it sounds amazing to me you know okay Green building, amazing. What does that mean, right? You know, how does that how does that come into practice in reality? And in a sense, if I were, uh, you know, entrepreneur today, where might I even want to find myself, mm. you know, developing a product so that it can be put into these green buildings?
1: Interesting. That's a really good, good question. Mm. I try, I try. <laughs> no, I think that um, there's a big opportunity in that, in that arena, especially for Israel, because Israel is, you know, startup, startup nation. Yeah. And... For example, around data collection and monitoring. So there are a few startups already doing air quality monitoring. And, you know, that's really important to as a way to kind of not just say that you have a lead building, but now show what it means.
0: Like actually prove it. Prove it. Uh Yeah.
1: Um, So that's one way. Then looking at data. Uh Uh-huh. On building, so for example, a lot of and not just air quality. You mean like not just air quality, like everything. Water, energy. Correct, okay. water, energy. So there's there's water monitoring that's, sure. that's happening here as well. Uh-huh. A lot of technology okay. being developed around that. But they, you know, Israel already has.
0: Yeah, I mean, kings of water here. Kings know? of water, exactly.
1: <laughs> and so now they're they're putting it to use in a different environment. It used to be agriculture, okay. was where people spent a lot of energy, but now um, that that uh, the the technology developed in agriculture is now being applied to the building okay so that that's good um another place is in um optimization of space
0: uh-huh what does that mean
1: what does it mean so you can take a building that's a triangular shape now how many offices can you fit in it versus conference rooms versus uh-huh Vers- and also
0: versus like a circular building right? correct okay. versus
1: a circular building so now they're they're ai startups that are uh really quickly helping because that's also part of sustainability mm-hmm. right okay. like building a designing a building that's flexible enough to accommodate different modes of existence right it could be a, a teaching facility it could be an office the next day it could be a cafe so being able to quickly understand what's you know what's possible in a building that's also important right you know, i also feel like you
0: bring a really good point here about how kind of like even that stuff is sustainability Correct. Right? You know, a lot of people, I think, really believe, and I, th- I still think it's kind of like in our weird psyche like this that we haven't kind of gotten ahead of us. Like we're still 20 years behind where it's like, oh, I have to, you know, wear like the, you know, the tom-toms that are made out of, you know, fabric or I have to, uh, you know, I don't know, use a tote bag made of hemp or something like that, right? And it's like, but guys, you can build, you know, in a sense, a software solution that's doing data monitoring for the air vents and the water of a green building, and that's helping the sustainability movement move forward, right? And
1: correct, because it encourages other other uh, uh, developers to implement, you know, similar measures to get the same results, and it sets a bar, mm-hmm. right? So I worked for the on a, on a really one of the projects I'm really really proud of is for a high tech company here, a very big one that everybody knows, uh-huh. um, and we we had a different strategies for. Um, we implemented strategies that will would, would provide, like, the output would be, like, the best air quality in an office. Okay. Okay. Right? That's amazing. And what does it mean? It means that that people don't get sick. People don't get woozy. You know, that they reduce their amount of um, right. off days. Because, again, it's about providing the best space for people to be productive and do what they need to do. So you don't even need to think about it. So what we did, we, we, we had a green wall. We, we managed the construction process so that dust and pollutants wouldn't get into the system because mm-hmm. think about it right you can design the best most efficient air handling system
0: uh-huh.
1: right delivering fresh air blah 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 but if during construction the workers are bringing the the duck work in and like running through uh uh a uh, 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 kitty litter and a, and a playground i
0: was gonna say right if you do something terrible it doesn't matter
1: it doesn't matter because yeah. now it's in the system right and you know your high performance system is polluted and it's distributing that pollution, mm-hmm. and so you know all these things like managing the construct, the design, and the construction. Like I, I told the consultants, you know the the contractors, when you're delivering the ducts, the ducts have to be coming from the manufacturing plant closed. You have to seal both ends of this.
0: And if it's open ahead of time, throw you it have out, to no, you, you know, have to wash it. Or wash it out. Okay. Wash it
1: and you know. and store it in a place where it won't get dirty. These, you know, this seems like small things but they're, they're But big. it's real
0: it's also kind of almost proves another opportunity for people right if they're looking to get involved in the green building space like how could you even create say supply chain you know monitors or you know construction monitors that exactly. are there and watching okay like you know tim took it out of the wrapping okay well now we have to know you know that now there's a red v on the system that says you know we got a clean uh duct number 133 you know whatever it is who knows right
1: i mean there's even startups uh, sending drones around a construction site to kind of monitor the 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 it's typically to monitor the productivity of you know the day to day like how many floors are you building out at a time okay you know, stuff like that but it could also be used for you know making sure that the the standards are kept right 100%, 100%. Um, but you talked on something about materials and that's something that I also am passionate about sure and so one of the places I think we can really make a, a, a dent is being able to bring materials into the building that are sustainable and uh-huh. what does that mean what, what does that mean in that sense well again like if you deal with air quality it means the ones that don't pollute the air right and they meet a certain standard um, we talk about recycled content like you know you can take uh, the the bottles from the from the ocean the plastic bottles from the ocean and make carpet okay and you know stuff like that being able to, to track that kind of data and add it to um The amount of dimensions that we use to choose materials Mm -hmm. so when you as an architect or you as a contractor are going to buy materials now you think about it from a sustainability aspect so what was the construction process like i mean the the manufacturing process like for this project product does you know what was the carbon footprint of the factory Mm -hmm. all this data you can bring together and and add it to your prism when you when you consider a product
0: that's interesting i also feel like there's an element there where you know it's a psyche game you know in a sense that you have to get into people's minds to change their mindset about how they're looking at projects and how they're looking at it. Because, well,
1: or you don't think it? No, I, I I think we want to remove that kind of extra thought from them. But and it the, just has to be like understood. But the, professional, but the professionals should know so that mm. the, the people in the building don't know. They just need to know that this is a lead certified building or a WELL certified building and it will automatically bring them a certain level of confidence that this is a safe and and wonderful space to be in
0: interesting okay i i like that idea because at the end of the day it kind of also then makes sustainability much more just kind of there it is you know what i mean Accessible. it's there accessible know? to everybody accessible. i love that i love how you just said that accessible sustainability almost you know it's like it's just there yeah i live in it i live in it i'm doing it like i'm doing it guys i'm, I'm living the green revolution so you know one of the things i kind of really want to understand from your perspective you know because you're You've you really seen the development of this whole industry. I mean, you know, no one sees you know how old you are here, so we won't tell them. But you yeah. know, but you really uh, but you you've really kind of lived it. Now, where do you see it? You know, it's twenty twenty three. What what you talked about, it, inconvenient truth, at two thousand or two thousand one. You know, it's 20 years down the line. Where do you see it in another 20 years developing? You know, what are kind of the the big, I guess you could call them developments or kind of trends that you see right now maybe that are going to start really leading the way forward or maybe even things that we haven't really even thought about that you see as potential being, you know, new niches, new opportunities?
1: Hmm. So there are a few. Okay. One, I think, is around how people make decisions about where they live or you know i see in tel aviv in particular you know there are lots of residential buildings going up Mm -hmm. who's monitor who who how do you how do you how do you measure them one against the other right is there a rating system for Mm. it is there a building a b building a A apartment a b apartment Uh what does it mean Uh so that's an opportunity okay um because if you can track from the beginning you know from the design to the construction and and then follow occupancy now you can you can benchmark contractors. You can benchmark developers. Wow! Right. So you can say, and that's uh, not happening right now, really. It's not happening right now, okay. but it's. I think it's in the work. I see some people doing some work around the edges of it. Okay. Um, another um, another place I think there can be massive imp- improvements is is using AI to to generate these designs, right?
0: To actually make bi- building plans, make and... buildings. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I don't even think about that. that. That's actually kind of creepy to me almost in a certain way. I know, you know? I know. <laughs> I, and I think a lot
1: of professionals are very freaked out by it. Especially but but I
0: shouldn't be freaked out by it. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, I shouldn't really be freaked out by it. But it kind of like, when you say it to me, it just like the, my gut reaction is like, I don't know if I want a computer designing my building. But then I think about, wait, aren't they doing it already?
1: They are to some extent. <laughs> and so so what, what? what I mean is, for example, you want to build a cancer facility, cancer treatment facility in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. What does it mean? What materials do you need? Yeah. Uh, what kind of spaces do you need? What are the adjacencies? So you need an operating do you need an operating room? Do you need um, you know a, a, a chemo facility, sure. a chemo, chemo treatment center you know, space? What does that space need? Mm. Uh, right now, like you require five or six different professionals to, to begin to kind of fit that space out. If you know, the good thing about these kind of things is that the rules are written mm. And with technology, computers in, in particular, AI, if it's written, it can be read, mm-hmm. and it can be understood. It can be digested, and now it's part of the the computer's um, knowledge base. So a computer can quickly tell me that I need a for a chemo center, I need um, a certain kind of paint that that doesn't pollute or doesn't give off certain things, or wow. the constituent materials are you know don't have these things because these things um, cause immune uh, negative immune reaction, immune system reactions. Um, you know, it tells me what the flooring should be, tell me what the ceiling should be, tell me what the roof should be, because we're in Arizona. Sure. Right? Tells me what the insulation and wall should be. Water. Yeah, sure. Right? Everything. The amount of uh, the, the size of the window, the type of, uh, wow. you know, the thermal performance of the window. Like, all these things can be captured and, you know.
0: And all you need is AI and maybe one person, two people monitoring it and just double checking. Correct. You know.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so, so that that's another place that, that things are quickly, direction things are quickly going in. Um. Another one is uh, helping. Um... Give me a second.
0: That's fine. I think I think we got you on a good one there too with the AI. I, I'm actually kind of stunned with that one personally because I think you know you brought up a really interesting point, which is that you know AI in many ways right now, okay, is still in its infancy in a certain way, and there's a whole level of this read technology, right? Like you have the rule, you know, the, the rule book there, right? So giving that, feeding that to AI, like you said. Could actually in many ways just allow you guys, and I say you guys as architects, building experts, whatever, you know, to really just use that technology and almost eliminate all the human faults and things that happen. I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you know about it. I'm sure you've experienced it probably in half a dozen projects that you're in, if not a dozen, if not 20, 20, 100, whatever. And I think it could really kind of be that next level of building right you know and you could use it for data to monitoring like you were saying before you could use it for wellness definition in a space you could use it for the actual building process you could even use it like we were just talking right now with the supply chain and with the whole building management to actually see okay ai says this do this oh but you didn't do that okay red mark you know or green mark you know or whatever yellow mark um i think that's fascinating to me
1: correct and 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 another aspect is actually Monitoring and optimizing the energy performance of the building, mm-hmm. and also the, you know, the emissions of the building. So there's a startup um, that's actually doing that here in Israel. That's capturing the the effluent from um, typical processes. So anything that's gonna use fuel mm-hmm. is gonna give off emissions. Right. So it's capturing the emission emissions and turning it into natural gas. That's amazing. And you know, that's it's creating like a circular. Circular system there. System, yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Well, listen, you know, Ryan, I think you've really given like a lot of really interesting insight here into the world of green building. I really appreciate you coming on the show and and really kind of giving like this understanding because I think it's something that's really not talked about a lot, especially in the tech space. You know, it's kind of looked at like as a construction side side or or even architecture if you want to really kind of look at it even just you know very specifically. And I love how you, you were able to bring it up. And, I, and I, I really appreciate you kind of opening up for the viewers here this, their minds a little bit about what you can do with technology in the green building space. So I love I love where it's at. I wish you a lot of luck in this new role that you're in in, uh, in Levote and, and that you're going to be able to really take it to the next level um, as Director of Sustainability. I'm excited to follow what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.